Welcome to the Small Business Made Simple podcast where we believe a professional looking website helps you stand out online, it beats your competition, and grows your business. I'm your host, Sam Moss. Now for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a little while, you know that baseball is a massive, massive passion of mine. I am like a baseball fanatic. I'm a huge Yankee fan. I grew up playing and I played all the way from uh, t-ball all the way through high school. I love baseball. And uh, I have James Carberry with me on the podcast today. And after we were done recording, James told me that he is a huge baseball fan as well. Actually, we did a video conference call and he was wearing a Twins hat and we got talking about baseball and how he uh, has a list of stadiums that he's gone to and his goal is to go to every single one. And I'm like, dude, that is the exact same for me. I have not been to nearly as many as he has, but I will catch up to him one day. That's my goal. Um, Anyway, it was super cool. We both love baseball. And uh, if any of you listening love baseball, shoot me a a message, a DM on social media. I will nerd out with you. Um, It's always fun to find someone who does as well. I think James would be the same way. But anyway, James is the owner of Sweetfish Media in Orlando, Florida. And James just recently came out with a book on content-based networking. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what is that? And James is going to talk about it today and how it can help grow your business. I use it in my business and hint, I'm actually using it right now. So here is my talk with James Carberry and you can find out all about content-based networking. Well, James, thank you so much for joining me on Small Business Made Simple. It's really fun to have you here, man. I am super excited to be here, Sam. Uh, really, uh, really pumped to to share some value. Hopefully, share some value with your listeners. Yeah, honestly, out of all the talks I've been like having on the schedule and have had, this has been one that I've been really excited about. Uh, obviously, our, our mutual friend Andy kind of connected us, and ever yep. since I connected with you on the phone and said, "Hey, what are we gonna do with this?" Um, I've been really, really looking forward to it. So. Really excited to jump in. Would you start by just sharing um, a little bit about you, your background, and what you do as a business owner? Yeah, so uh, so I started Sweetfish. I guess it was a little over half a decade ago, and we're uh, we're a podcast first media company. So we produce a lot of podcasts for different B two B brands, uh, and then we have our own shows that uh, executives at B two B companies uh, are you know pay us to be co hosts of. Uh, of these shows that we run. So one of them is B2B growth. That show gets, it's been downloaded over 3 million times. It gets over a hundred thousand downloads a month. Um, Another show is the B2B sales show. We've got a show for HR leaders called crafting culture. Uh, And then we've got another show called the manufacturing show. We're about to launch the CIO show. So a bunch of different industries, uh, but really just believe that the kind of audio is the future and, uh, and that people are consuming content via podcasting because it's something they can do passively, right? I mean, you can listen to podcasts while you're driving to work, while you're mowing the lawn, while you're doing dishes at the house. So, um, so we're really excited about the platform and, and super uh, fortunate to be, you know, in a business that allows, uh, allows me to get to, to do this um, with a lot of other companies. Uh, and because it's something I'm so passionate about. I love it. I love it. So today we're going to jump in and talk about uh, a topic called content based marketing. Can you start by just sharing what is that? And how can we use that in our businesses? 
Yeah. So it's, it's actually content-based networking. Oh, there we go. And, uh, and so it, it's, it, that mistake happens all the time, but the, the premise of content-based networking is, you know, it, it is, it is, uh, reverse engineering relationships with the exact people that you want to know, uh, so that you can drive results in your business and in your life. And so uh, everyone always says, like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Uh, but how do you actually get to know people that you know can help you pursue your goals? And so in my context, you know, I started the business in 2015 and I knew I need to know marketing decision makers. I need to know VPs of marketing at companies that can actually hire us to produce podcasts for them. So how do we do that? Well, we started a podcast that was not about B2B podcasting, which is our expertise. That mistake gets made all the time. People think, oh, well, I need to create content around my expertise. So people look to me as the expert. That's true to a certain degree, but with content-based networking, you have to flip that on its head and you have to think, what is the person that I want to work with? The person that can be my, you know, that can buy from me, that can buy my service. What are they an expert in? And then you reach out to them and say, hey, I want to feature you on my show or my blog or my video series or my LinkedIn video series, whatever it is that you, whatever, the, the content platform doesn't matter. Obviously, we're passionate about podcasting, but you can do this with any medium. And when you're collaborating with that person and actually creating content with them about their expertise, you're building a genuine friendship, a genuine relationship with that person. And as old as the adage is, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And so you can approach people and just try to shove your product down their throat and just try to sell to people. Um, that's what most sales teams do. And it doesn't really work that much. Um, instead, people want to buy from people they know, like, and trust. Well, how do you build that know, like, and trust? You actually build friendships with people. You build real relationships with people. And our thesis here at Sweetfish is that you can build those relationships through collaborating with, with people on content and creating content with them. And that's really what, what the book and what the concept of content-based networking is all about. I love that. So can we dive right into, it's a three-part framework, right? Yep. Um, can yep. we dive right into step one? So step one I have here is setting your goal. And what you expanded on was that's dream versus goal. Can you expand yeah. on that? Yeah. So, so there's, there's a difference between your dreams and your goals. I'll go back to my, my personal story. So I, uh, I, I had a dream of being on the Inc 500 list. So the Inc 500 list is a list of the 500 fastest growing private companies in the U S and uh, when I first started the business, I was going to a lot of these companies and trying to find decision makers at these companies because I was reaching out to them, wanting to interview them on our show and because I knew that they could make a buying decision for our service. And so uh, my dream was to be on that list. But a dream is, is one thing. A goal, actually, with the way we talk about dreams and goals, a goal is tied to the relationship that you need to build to actually get to your dream. So if my dream is to get on the Inc. 500 list, that means that we need to do a certain amount of revenue, uh, which means we need to have a certain amount of customers. So what relationship do I need to build to give me that result of achieving my dream? And for us, we figured out, okay, I, I need VPs of marketing to know, like, and trust me. So I need to brand our podcast around the expertise of VPs of marketing. What are they good at? They're good at demand generation. They're good at content marketing. They're good at account-based marketing. They're good at leading teams. All of these things are things that 
they're good at. I'm not necessarily good at it. I'm the founder of a business. I don't know the first thing about B2B marketing, but they, they know a lot about it. And so we started B2B growth because I knew to get to my dream, I had to have first have the goal of connect with as many VPs of marketing as I possibly can. Now, if you look at another context, the story that I share in the book is this fictional person that is trying to become a chef. And they just got out of culinary school and they're competing with every other person at their culinary school that just got out of culinary school. And they're, they're competing with everybody because they have the same set of credentials that you know, a lot of other people have. Hey, I've got this degree from La Cordon Bleu or whatever. But what if one of those graduates of that school decided that they wanted to do a content series on Instagram? where they went into all of the restaurants, the high-end restaurants in their city or their area, and they, they documented behind the scenes of like what happens in a kitchen. And they shared it on their Instagram stories and, and did you know, a series of like 10 posts on their, on their Instagram account. Um, and so when they go and reach out to those head chefs at all of these different restaurants, they're not saying, hey, head chef, I want you to hire me, just like all these other people that are coming to you for jobs right now because we just graduated from, from cooking school. <laughs> Instead, they're saying, hey, chef, I would love to document what you and your team do behind the scenes in mm -hmm. your kitchen. Can I come one night this week, maybe a night that's a little less crazy for you, and can I document some, some photos and some videos of what it's like in the kitchen? Well, they're probably gonna be pretty honored that you mm -hmm. wanna do that, and they're gonna tell you yes. You're gonna then go and create phenomenal content with that chef. You know, throughout the night, like when you see that he's, you know, has, has a downbeat in his schedule, you're doing a video with him. Hey, you know, what was that thing that you just did? What went into that recipe? How did that work? Well, throughout that process, that content creation process, you built a genuine relationship with that head chef. Mm -hmm. So on the back end of that, it is way more likely that that person, when, when that head chef finds out that you're looking for a job in a kitchen, it, they're likely going to want to help you because right. they've had a great experience with you throughout the content collaboration process. And, and you did them a huge favor as well, right? Yeah, yeah you, did, you did them a favor by, by promoting them, by highlighting them, by making them look like a rock star. Mm -hmm. You added value in a very tangible way, which is giving their restaurant exposure to your audience. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people hear that and they go, well, James, I don't have an audience. I don't have you know, a lot of Instagram followers. But it doesn't actually matter that much. People right. don't like, we have some people that are like, oh, you know, reach out to me when your audience is bigger. Right. And honestly, I'm just like, okay, on to the next one. <laughs> most people don't actually, don't actually care. If you're thoughtful and you are genuinely approaching them with a unique idea about what you think they should talk about on your show, they're honored and on, quite honestly flattered that you did enough research on them to go, hey, that, that LinkedIn article you wrote last week, or I saw that piece that the Orlando Sentinel did on you uh, a couple months ago. I would love to come in and, and interview you about that story. It was really fascinating. Well, the fact that you went and did that legwork communicates to them, hey, this, person, this person's a journalist. This person is, real, is trying to create compelling stories, and he wants me or she wants me to be at the center of one of these stories. Of course, like they're so honored that they don't, they don't think to ask like, what is the reach of this piece of content? Now you, you don't completely ignore that. Obviously you want to, you want to create great content so that you can build an audience, but don't think that you need to have an audience to get started. I had zero audience. Same way I started growth. And so, yeah. so it, you got to start somewhere and, 
And by doing these collaborations, you're actually tapping into really, really smart people that know a lot about the thing that you're creating content around, which is their expertise. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be the central hub of great content that your buyers, people that you want to potentially work with, um, are, are, uh, are, are going to want to hear from. So, um, so I just, I, I, so that's the goals and dreams piece mm -hmm. of the framework. Um, make sure to set your goal. Make sure if, if there's not a certain type of person that's a part of your goal, then you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Your goal should be build relationships with insert whatever type of person you know you need to be connected with so that you can achieve your ultimate dream. Now, when it comes to your goal setting, like you said, you want to connect with those people that you need to strategically think about it, I guess is a way to really think, yep, to exactly. look at that. Um, step two, you have people um, is really what you've said and how to reach out and how to talk to them. I guess that's the next yep. step if you really think about it because, well, okay, let's say you want to connect with business owners or plumbers, whatever your industry is and you need to connect with them. Yep. then how do we reach out to them? What's the next yeah. step? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question, man. So the next, so once you've identified, okay, this is the type of person I need to connect with. Now you actually have to go and connect with them. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that very short one or two sentence emails are extremely effective. So uh, we send an email that says something to the effect of, Hey, so-and-so saw your article on LinkedIn would love to have you as a guest on B2B growth to talk more about it up for it, question mark. In that email, it was literally a three sentence email. We communicated to them that we did our research. We, we saw that they created this piece of content or that they did this thing that we want to feature them on our show. And then we ask a very clear question up for it, question mark. We're not going on and on about how the show gets over a hundred thousand downloads a month. We're not like, we don't say any of that. Right. We have all of those credibility indicators. We've interviewed big names like Gary Vee and Simon Sinek, but we don't even need to say that in the first email. It's very, very simple and it, and it intrigues them to actually want to respond. So email I've found is an incredible way to actually reach out to the people that you're trying to connect with. But when you're doing email, be brief, mm -hmm. be very, very brief. The subject line, podcast interview, question mark, or you know, interview for my blog series, question mark. And then three sentences. If you're doing more than three sentences, you're probably doing too much. Be very short and to the point. And then the, the other piece is understanding that you need to do your research on that person. We found we've done, we've been produ we've produced, you know, well over a hundred podcasts. And we found that with the folks that you just send this generic message to, uh, it comes across as very generic. And they're like, oh, they're probably asking everybody that's a, you know, that's a VP of operations uh, to be on this thing. But if you make it personal to them and you're like, Hey, I see that you've been at, you know, Adobe for the last seven years. And I, I can imagine with the transformation that's happened in that company and all their acquisitions uh, that you've had a big part in shaping how to merge those cultures. Would, would you, would you have any interest in talking about, you know, how you've merged cultures at Adobe through all of the acquisitions that you guys have gone through that level of granularity? It, it scares a lot of people off from mm -hmm. it because it's like, oh, well, that's real work. Yeah, it's real work. <laughs> but because of the internet, we can actually do that kind of work. Yeah. And, and when you take a journalistic approach to how you want to build relationships, you should be doing that work anyway. Because if you actually want to know somebody, you can know so much about them before you ever 
interact with them in a setting like what we're doing now. You can know that I wrote a book. You can know that I've owned a business for half a decade. You can know that we have 18 employees. You can know all of this stuff about me, Sam, before we ever talk because we live in a day and age where I'm proudly putting a lot of this stuff online because mm -hmm. I want people to find it. So being on the other side of that as a, you know, this journalist who's creating content in hopes of building relationships that can help them achieve their dreams, capitalize on that, use it, put in the work, do that research, and then reach out and you'll be flabbergasted at the number of people that actually want to engage with you uh, whenever you approach it that way. Yeah. So obviously we don't want to be a creep, but I, I do have a question like what other avenues do we have? So what I mean yeah. by creep is like, if you're listening, don't go commenting on the person you want to talk to's wife's Facebook post and say, <laughs> Hey, I tried emailing your husband. Can you have him respond? Like, don't do that. But what are some other ways that you've found besides email? If we don't have access to that, is it okay yep. to reach out on social media? And some people aren't on email all the time, right? Yeah. Like our, our buyers live and breathe in email. Uh, other people are on Twitter a lot. So a buddy of mine's company, he works with uh, Texas high school coaches. They do character development for high school coaches. He has found that Twitter is like his playground. So he can engage with so many coaches via Twitter, but they won't respond to an email to save their life because <laughs> they're coaches. They're on the field yeah. all day or they're in the locker room or they're in the weight room. Like they're, they're not checking their email, but man, those dudes live and breathe on Twitter. So mm -hmm. like, think about who, are the, who is the person I'm trying to connect with? Maybe they're on Facebook more. Maybe they're on LinkedIn more. Maybe they are doing email. Um, maybe they're at in-person events, uh, you know, Chamber of Commerce stuff. Like that, that's a great way to connect with people. I think that that's a relatively old school way. And what, what I love so much about content-based networking is you can connect with anybody in any, anywhere in the world without needing to necessarily rely on in-person events. But depending on who you're trying to connect with, just be thoughtful about where are they hanging out and then how can I interject myself there? Can I comment on one of their LinkedIn posts? Can I reply to one of their tweets? Um, by doing that, you're getting on their radar and you're thoughtfully engaging with them on their terms instead of expecting them to, to live on yours. I'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with James in just a minute. You know, a lot of business owners' worlds have turned upside down recently with everything going on in our country. Um, whether it's they have to cut down on their staff, or maybe they just had to close their doors altogether. Many businesses are feeling some sort of impact by what's going on in our nation. Um, and we've found that many business owners are shifting gears by offering their products and services online instead of in person. Now, if you are one of those business owners forced to run your business from home, we can help you. We design professional websites with an online store to keep your business running while you're stuck at home. Now, we can upload your products and promote your services all while giving your customers the opportunity to pay right on your website. We want to help you keep your business up and running in the months to come. Visit OneClickAgency.com if your business needs to make the switch to an online store. That's OneClickAgency.com and you can start running your business from home today. OneClickAgency.com Yeah. So jumping into step three here, we have content. So this is actually probably the biggest question that I think a lot of people are going to be asking is 
well, what the heck do I do? Do I, yeah. I, I don't want to do it. I think a lot of people listening probably don't want to start a podcast, but there are tons of other ways that we could do content-based networking. Yes. So can you jump into those and give us some ideas? Yeah, absolutely. So a podcast is actually way easier than a lot of people think. Very tools. true, people. If you're listening, that is yeah. very tools, true. Yeah. Tools like Anchor, right? So mm -hmm. Anchor is this tool that just got acquired by Spotify for, I think, well over $100 million. And so it's got Spotify's backing. It makes it very easy to launch your own show. Uh, you can do it right from your phone. It doesn't cost you anything. I think they even host it for free. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the companies that we're, that we're working with they work with us because they want a higher level of production but for this strategy to be effective you don't really need a super high level of production like a lot of our customers are doing it for because they have other priorities and they're and they're trying to you know they they're looking for brand awareness and top of funnel and they've got you know very high-end types of people that they're trying to work with but for most people you don't you don't need that level of production so anchor is a great tool that you can literally start a podcast this afternoon on your on your phone <laughs> which is crazy yeah um you can do a blog series you can do something on linkedin or twitter so like what if you did like a weekly twitter chat where it was literally just you reaching out and saying like hey so and so i'd love to jump on a call this week because i do this weekly twitter chat this hashtag you know whatever and uh say you know if, if you're if you're trying to get into movie making and you just graduated film school, but you have no relationships in that space. If you start reaching out to the people that you know, like could actually hire you on the sets that they're working on and saying, hey, like every, I'm, I'm starting this weekly Twitter chat, you know, hashtag movie making. And uh, we, we'd, I'd love to jump on a call to talk through some questions that I have. And then I'm just going to do a tweet storm next Tuesday. And I'll make sure to like tag you in any responses to that, that, you know, that people have uh, would, would love to do something like that with you most often more more often than not people are going to be like oh that sounds fun yeah like 15 minute conversation and yeah. you're gonna you're gonna end up talking about me on twitter for you know 30 minutes next tuesday sweet i'll do it so hopefully what that allows people to think about is like you, the content that you create has to be about them mm -hmm. it cannot be your expertise it has to be about them. So we did not start the B2B podcasting show. We did not show, we did not start the Sweetfish Media podcast. We started a show called B2B Growth because we wanted to feature our clients, our potential clients' expertise, not our own expertise. We want them to hire us for our expertise, but we know that for them to hire us, they have to know, like, and trust us. We actually have to have a relationship with them. And for us, the way we've built that relationship is by inviting them to be a part of our content and creating content with them about their expertise. Mm -hmm. And so I see this, the reason I'm hammering this home, Sam, is because I see this mistake all the time where people think, oh, well, I'm, uh, I do, I was just talking to somebody today. He is not the example of this because he actually gets it, but he's, he does storytelling workshops and he sells these storytelling workshops to HR departments. And because he wants a, he wants HR teams to empower their employees to learn, how do you tell your career story so that you can advance within our organization? How do you know how to interview with other executives on the team? And so he's, uh, he's working with this really, this big fortune 500 company and he's trying to think through, okay, what is a content play that I can create so that I can reach out to other companies that want to teach their teams how to do career storytelling? Well, the podcast 
podcast or the blog series or the LinkedIn video series that he does doesn't have, it shouldn't actually be about storytelling. Mm -hmm. It should be something that HR leaders are exceptional at. So maybe it's like, how do you lead, how do you lead HR during trying times? I mean, we're going through, I don't know when this is going to go live, but we're going through this yeah. coronavirus thing right now. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, catastrophic for a ton of different people. Everybody's talking about it. It's top of mind for everyone. Doing a series like this, it's very timely. And if he were to reach out to come, you know, to a hundred companies that he's trying to do business with, and instead of saying, Hey, do you want me to come in and do a storytelling workshop to someone that has never met him yeah. and doesn't know him from Adam? Instead of he said, Hey, you know, I'm sure with all of this craziness going on, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure you're learning a ton and I'm, and I'm sure that uh, our audience would love to hear how you're approaching this from an HR perspective. Like, how are you managing through crisis from an HR perspective? I'm doing this series where I'm interviewing multiple people. If he goes with them with that kind of ask, the likelihood that they say yes, saying, yeah, I would love, mm -hmm. you know, like, I would love to help other HR leaders that are trying to figure out this stuff. Now, it has nothing to do with storytelling. What the, that content has nothing to do with his expertise, and it shouldn't. Because ultimately, he's trying to create a relationship with HR leaders yeah. who can ultimately hire him mm -hmm. to be the storytelling expert that then shares you know, what he's good at with their team and ultimately adds value to the business in that way. But so many people think when they think, oh, I'm adding value, they think I'm adding value because if they hire me, that's the value they're going to get. But unfortunately, that, that's, it's not perceived value. When you reach out to somebody and you're just pitching your product or you're pitching your service, that's not value. That's perceived as someone trying to sell me something. Mm -hmm. That is not value. But when you reach out and you're like, hey, I want to shine my spotlight on you. I want to do this Twitter chat with you. Or I want to do this LinkedIn video with you. That's value because that's making them look like the expert that they are. And that's you putting them in front of your audience, which they can't do apart from you graciously and generously offering that. That is real value. Mm -hmm. On the back end of that interaction, now you can leverage that relationship to possibly do business with them. Right. And this is not to say that every single person you do a collaboration with is going to end up being your client. You should right. not expect that. You should not act like that. Don't get your hopes up. But for us, a lot of the people that we end up interacting with do eventually become clients. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a year later. Sometimes it's three years later. But we don't, we're, we're, not as, we're not as focused on that as we are actually building meaningful relationships with people. Because at the center of everything, at the center of business, I don't, I don't think we use the term friendship enough in business. Because at the, at the end of it all, people do business with people that, they're, that they know, like, and trust, aka yeah. with people they're friends with. Mm -hmm. And I just want to stack up as many friendships as I possibly can. Because as, as they're in our business right now, we do podcasting, right? So digital communication. Mm -hmm. With this coronavirus thing, it is we we're we're growing most companies are having to lay people off and it's so it's yeah. heartbreaking hearing mm -hmm. my my prayer board on my wall is full of people that are losing their jobs that are having to lay off employees we're not in that position because we're we're kind of the answer to the solution right like mm -hmm. we help people do digital communication and uh and and so we're we're in a much different position that we were, the fact that we've got, or that other people are, the fact that we've got 1300 genuine relationships and friendships with our exact buyer persona in a time like this could never be 
more valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. These people didn't buy from us as soon as we got off the interview. They didn't buy from us maybe even six months or a year after the interview. But all this crap happening and they need to figure out like, oh, this $400,000 that I was spending on our event strategy mm-hmm. and all these events that we were sponsoring that is just going up in smoke because these events aren't existing anymore. Who do you think they're going to call? Mm-hmm. The, the people that they were on the interview with two years ago that has stayed in touch with them and, yeah. um, and can continue to nurture a friendship with them. Now that they all of a sudden have this $400,000 that they need to spend so that they can continue to market their business, they're going to come to us. You and never so, know when it's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, so all that to say, um, you know, first you've got to get clear on what your goal is. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to figure out how do you, how do you connect with those people. And then you've got to figure out what is your content actually going to be. And when you understand that your content should be about them, not you, you're going to ultimately win. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge mindset switch for me. Um, When I first started doing the podcast, uh, for those of you who've been listening from the beginning, um, obviously my business is website design. So that's what we do for local businesses and small businesses. We help them stand out online. And I was just like, well, man, I'll just talk about websites so people can know how to do them. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that could be more of a boring topic than that for people. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, what about if I just provided value for business owners that are going to be listening to the show and, you know, have some on the show. And that's exactly how I did that switch. And it's taken off since then, because I love whether these people do business with me down the road or never do, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Yep. I love helping other business owners and this is just a great way to connect. And I think it goes right along with what you're saying there. Yeah, it's exactly it, man. And, and be specifically because you're working with local businesses, mm-hmm. I think there is huge opportunity for you to start local, for people to start local content series. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're starting, we started a show in Atlanta called Atlanta success. We started to get going on another show called Boston success in, in Boston, but doing local content. If you were to do a video series on successful entrepreneurs in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. it's, there's likely not going to be very many entrepreneurs in Cleveland that don't want to say yes to be on that show because they have natural affinity for their city. Mm -hmm. You're, you're wanting to celebrate their success as an entrepreneur. And they know that even if you don't have an audience, they do. And they're going to want to share that with the people that they're connected with on, on LinkedIn or whatever, you know, whatever their channel is. And so uh, I, I just think getting local, it also allows you to meet with those people in person. Obviously not, not right now because of social right. distancing yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. But, uh, but in, in calmer times, when we get out on the other end of this in three, four, five months, uh, and you can actually start connecting with people in person again, uh, having a locally focused show, you're going to expedite the friendship that you build with somebody so much faster by actually going to their office or bringing them to your office or meeting them at a coffee shop to record the content you're creating with them. Because that in that the in-person piece is, is really, really huge that we don't necessarily do because our, our, clients are all over the globe. But for someone like you, Sam, who's doing a lot of website work for people in your city, man, like take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, James, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on the show. Can you close out by telling us one um, about your book, where we can find it and then where we can find out more about you as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you can find the book on Amazon or audible. I read the audio book. So if you're listening to this, you probably like listening to your books as well. You can just search content-based networking on audible or Amazon and check out the book there. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on it. I put my phone number in the back of the book so you can text me whenever you're done with it. I love hearing from people that, that read the book. Uh, and then 
you stay connected with me and learn more about me on LinkedIn. So I'm super active on LinkedIn, James Carberry, C-A-R-B-A-R-Y. I should be the only one that pops up. Um, you'll see on there that, you know, I'm the co-host of B2B Growth and founder of Sweetfish Media. So um, would love to, to connect with anybody there. And then if you want to learn uh, more about the shows that we're producing at, at Sweetfish, you can go to sweetfishmedia.com and check out what we're all about there. So thank you so much, Sam, for, for uh, giving, me the, giving me the stage today. I've uh, had, a, had a really good time. Awesome, James. Well, thank you again so much, man. Now, if you enjoyed my talk with James as much as I did, I would love it if you left a review about the podcast. To be honest, when I had first heard about James and uh, the opportunity to connect with him, I was so excited. And um, when I met him, it just blew me out of the water how awesome of a guy he is and what he's doing to help business owners. So um, if you leave a review about the podcast, I would absolutely love it. Reach out to James. Tell him what you liked about the show. Tell me what you liked about the show. We would love to hear from you. Now, if you want to be among the first to know when a new episode comes out, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you'll get any new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. Thanks as always for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast where we believe a professional looking website helps you stand out online, it beats your competition, and it grows your business.